Hey everybody, uh, this is our uh, new episode of the Shift M podcast and we have a guest. The name of the guest is Ricardo Vargas. Uh, he's an expert in project management and I have a lot of questions for him today. But first I'd like to ask him to introduce himself a little bit. Just say us a few words about yourself. Yeah, hello everyone. Uh, uh, first, thank you very much for, for joining uh, me on this, on this podcast. Uh, so my name is Ricardo. I'm originally uh, from Brazil. Uh, right now I live in, in Portugal, in Lisbon, but I spend most of my time on the road. So my career is, um, is basically project management. So I started around 20 years ago. Uh, mostly on the software side at the early beginning. I'm a chemical engineer. And then uh, very quickly, I shift my career to capital projects where I, I had the chance to do a lot of infrastructure projects from airports to hydroelectrical power plants and applying the project management principles uh, into this uh, uh, heavy capital intensive projects. So um, I am uh, basically most of my career was as a self-made. So I built a company uh, based in Brazil that works uh, worked internationally. And in 2012, from 2012 to 2016, I decided to take a quite different journey. So I became the director for infrastructure and project management at the United Nations. So I used my skills and expertise in project management to work and support humanitarian projects. So then I started delivering projects in Iraq, in, in Haiti, in South Sudan, and this kind of, of very complex uh, social environments, uh, building schools, uh, hospitals, uh, roads, uh, refugee camps. So I had a, a quite diverse. And today I am responsible for the Brightline Initiative that is a non-commercial coalition uh, from um, the Project Management Institute, Boston Consulting Group, Agile Alliance, Bri Bristol Myers Cube, Lee Hatch Harrison, Saudi Telecom, and Danish Technology University. Uh, they decided to work together to create a think tank on strategic initiative management, on the connection between the design of strategy and the delivery. So this is what I do today. Uh, so I have 15 books written in project management and, and several of them translated into different languages. So thank you very much. This was a short sounds, introduction, okay? Sounds awesome. Yeah, thanks a lot. Well, there are so many big names you, you, you call. Uh, but, but are you managing people right now or you're mostly consulting other managers? Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm managing people. Uh, I'm managing people. So I have a team today that I manage. And during my time at the UN, then I manage a lot of people too. Uh -huh. Sounds great. Uh, my, my subject today, which I have a lot of questions about, is risk management. I saw a number of your articles and I read a few of them on your website. And okay. I, I, yeah, I just realized that this is going to be the topic which is really interesting to discuss. Because you definitely see bigger teams and bigger companies than I see now and most of our listeners. So it would be interesting if you can share that. And Mm -hmm. So my first question is, have you ever seen in any of the companies you, you, you manage people or you consult, risk management done right, properly? Yeah, yeah it's, it's very, uh, look, we need, we need just to split risk into two things. One thing is risk. The other one is the management of the risk. So risk is increasing. Okay, risk is increasing everywhere. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm not saying that threats are increasing, but I'm saying that the concept of this undefined event that may have a positive or negative impact in the work you do are increasing. And this is due to volatility, due to a much more complex environment we face today if we compare to 100 years ago. So all companies are facing much more risk, but again, I don't want them to feel that uh, means uh, risk means only challenges, only problems. No, no, a lot of risks can configure in uh, major opportunities. Now going back to your question on risk management. Mm -hmm. So then several organizations, and most of them, they do not have a compelling and organized process 
an organized mindset to handle risk. So most of the time, risk management is done in, in a much more reactive way than a proactive way. So most of the time, people are doing risk management to protect themselves and to avoid that bad things happen due to this changing environment, okay? Mm -hmm. So at the end, not too many, okay, organizations I have seen have a, a clear and understandable project, uh, risk management process. Mm -hmm. that, was the, that was the answer I was expecting. And it and, and looks like you're trying to change that and you offer them this risk management to, to do right. And what is their reaction in most cases? How yeah, do you most of the time, people are aware of that. You, you know, there is, a, a, for me, a, not on risk management, but on project management in all disciplines, in all change management process, um, you need to create something like a disruption on the current pattern. Because a lot of people say, I don't have time to improve because I have problems. And you have problems because you don't have time to improve. Right. So at some point, organizations need to break that cycle and try to create like a, a spiral up, you know, like a, 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 a permanent improvement process. So when I talk to them, most of the time, I never ever heard someone that came to me and say, oh, risk management is irrelevant. I don't need to manage risk. I never, ever, ever heard anyone say something like that. But I heard many times is that, oh, let's do that, but then we don't have time now. We, we need to rethink that. We, we, we are busy today. So most of the organization, what is the, 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 the approach I use on this case? I approach the, the approach that uh, uh, there is a pain for not taking action. So if you don't move, it's an option, but you need to be aware to pay the price and, and feel the pain of, of creating a chaotic environment because you are unable to manage risks and then you only manage problems all the time. Mm -hmm. But don't you think, I totally agree about that, but uh, in my experience, this risk management, first of all, means uh, a disclosure of the potential risks, a disclosure of potential problems which for management in most cases means like fear, you know, they're afraid to do that. Don't, don't yeah, you I, I agree completely. I agree. There is also a, a clear mindset on, on trying, because uh, I, do you know what I heard uh, a couple of times is that, oh, if we start managing risks, we stop everything because, because if we see all the risks we are, mm -hmm. we are facing, mm -hmm. we'll not do the project. And then I tell them, but so what do you want? Do you want to do the project and fail? <laughs> do you think it, this is the best way to move forward? Uh, you know, because, because the risks are there. If you know them better, if you don't know, it will not reduce the risk. Uh -huh. But they, you know, it's just the natural design of humans. You know, we're like, we, we prefer not to know what may go wrong. We just, you know, put our hand into the sand and just wait for the best to happen. Something like that. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah I agree. And also uh, some companies, they, they do not have a clear, a, a clear clarity on, on the risk management and the clarity on people see that if there is a risk and if you tell the risk, means you are afraid, you know, you are afraid of the project, you are afraid of the problems, and it's not at all what is it, the intention. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that they, they, they are afraid, but they are not, um, they're not ready to accept that or so? What's yeah, that? yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying, of course, uh, it's in a very generic way. So organizations are different. Some organizations, they are much more aware of that. For example, organizations uh, in the, the high technology sector, because they were built on this perception of risk. But on the most traditional organizations, they, it takes a, some time for them to realize the risk management. So they prefer to be unaware of what risk management is and what is the implication to them. Mm -hmm. And have you ever tried, well, I mean, you're trying definitely to change them, but have you ever succeeded in changing that? 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. In in for example, in in some, it, it's a process. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, it's not. A, it's very important uh, for you to 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 understand one thing is that it's it it takes time. It's a change in the mindset. So one of my my biggest clients uh, in the oil sector uh, changed that. They were building a very massive research center, and we did all the risk management process together. And it worked because at the end, people were using all the identified risks, all the analysis on the risk, all, all the behavior and the level of tolerance on risks to manage that endeavor. And then at the end, this, be this became an asset for that, for that environment and for that kind of project. So it happens, but of course, it depends also on the drive. So remember, risk management, there is a process that is, there is a component that is related to the process, to the way you manage. And there is a human component on how humans behave vis-a-vis -vis the risk. So this behavior is much harder to change than the process itself, because it's human nature. Aha, uh -huh. exactly. That, that's exactly my point. So people are against that clarity, right? Against that full discovery of potential problems. Yeah, yes, they are against because first, if they know all the risks, they may be more accountable. Uh, if they know more risks, they will have a better perception of the challenges of the project. And this may reduce the motivation of the workforce they feel uh, afraid of being punished, you know, so mm -hmm. that there is all this human environment on that. And how do you resolve that? What do you, yeah, do? you, you, <laughs> you need to educate people and this goes from the top of the organization. Exactly. Uh -huh. So if the organization manage, uh, is managed by fear, uh -huh. by fear, by, by punishment and this, then you cannot be able to have a transparent and open and clear risk management process. But if the company knows the concept of fail fast, if things go wrong, it's part of the business. What is not part of the business, you're not being able to manage when things go wrong. Right, that's a good word. <laughs> you know what happened to me? I'll tell you a short story. I was uh, doing some consulting in a software company and uh, they, they had no risk management at all. And I created that risk list. So mm -hmm. I was just an architect. So I designed like a technical, technical risk. So I. I probably like 40 of them or so, just a spreadsheet of the things which may go wrong. And I sent that document to the CTO of the company. And I said, look, I just did it because I'm an architect, so I'm responsible for your technical solution. So you need to know what may go wrong with your technical software, with your servers, with your programmers, with everything. And he looked at it, he said, oh, thank you very much for building that. Can you please just delete that document? Literally, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not making it up. It really literally happened to me. So he said, it's a great document. Thanks for sharing. Can you just put it somewhere so nobody else can see it? Preferably just delete it. It was yeah, the, yeah. the company, you know? Yeah, because, because this is the mindset. This is, a, 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 honestly speaking, this is a, a clear mindset. So, so uh, because the feeling of all these 40 risks, is not on that specific company you did that is not a positive feeling you know this is the problem. yeah i didn't i didn't say good things there i said look we may lose a programmer we our servers may go down we may lose the budget we may our you know software may crash all the possible things and and he said just you know delete it so my question yeah. to you is have you seen that attitude in other companies or it was just my uh, honestly uh, i was fortunate i didn't have anything because most of the time for example when a company comes to me and ask my help on that they want to see the reality ah okay they already know that it's necessary so they they want to see it so they already know yeah the 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 the, the pain uh -huh. okay so if they delete I will say, oh, it's not a smart thing to do because you, you pay me and then you delete. It doesn't make much sense, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but what, what happened to me, it's almost close to delete, is not doing anything. They say, oh, it's super nice. I love it, this spreadsheet. I love this analysis. I love everything. Give it to me. And then they put in the, you know, in a, in a, in a cupboard and that's it. Uh-huh. So sounds... paper, paper does not do work. Paper is just a way of increasing your awareness and understanding. What solved the problem on the risks is action.
Mm-hmm. Action. So, so looks like, let me finish this thought. So looks like before showing the risks to, to your manager or to start identifying them, it's necessary to prepare people around you that, that this is how we're going to live from now. We're going to make problems visible. Yeah, you need to create a sense of awareness on why, why you are creating, implementing, and working in a risk management process. And people need to buy that. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? What, what can you offer? Exactly. You need to show, first, you need to show examples of failure. You need to, to explain concepts like entropy. Mm-hmm. There is a very relevant concept on risk management that is entropy. Entropy is the level of chaos in any system. And if you go back to the second law of thermodynamic, it says that entropy tends to grow. Bottom line, things tend to go wrong naturally. If you do not act, it's natural that your projects start to becoming late, that uh, your supplier do not deliver on time, that the cost will increase. It's a natural process. So in order to do, to avoid this natural process, you need to put energy. And this is why so many projects fail and so many organizations fail. Because if they do not understand that to make things succeed, you need to spend energy. You need to work hard because otherwise things go wrong naturally. And this is the pain they need to feel. And you can use millions of examples. You know, how many of of you uh, saw a building that is unfinished? How many of you saw a project that was supposed to take one year and it took three? that was supposed to cost a million and cost 10. How many of us? Everywhere, everywhere, in the public sector, in the private sector, everywhere. So this is something that if you go online and and talk about the example of failed projects, you'll see billions, much more than successful ones. And you think that one of the root causes of that is lack of risk management? Lack of awareness, first, lack of risk management, lack of proper anticipation to risks, and lack of behavior towards action. People, let let me explain, uh, uh, for me, this is my my, uh, true belief, people hate to make decisions. People hate to make decisions, and mostly the tough ones. Because it's painful. People don't like it. It's much better to stay saying, oh, I need more data to decide. I need more data. And then things go completely wrong. Completely wrong. And then you just try to blame someone else. You know? And this is what we see naturally happening. Yeah, that's absolutely, I totally agree with the observation. I'm thinking, what can we do with that? I mean, not, not all of us together, not the entire world, but, but... But it's a change in the mindset. So it's changing now. So, for example, when you see, for example, the organizations in uh, high technology, so these leading organizations, what do they do differently? One of the things is that they accept more risk, they manage better the risk, and if they, the risk become an issue, they fail fast and they fix fast. Mm-hmm. This is the mindset that they have. And this is why they are so successful. Totally and agree. others are much less because they, they don't feel this sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. But, but let's imagine the, the, the listener of our podcast, it's a, most probably it's somewhere, somewhere who is in the management field, like project manager in an organization. So that person has a boss, has a CTO or some other manager on top, of, on top layer. And uh, there are some programmers or some technical people beneath the manager. So let's say the manager, that our listener decides tomorrow to start doing risk management properly. Most probably he or she will do exactly what I did. Uh, creating the list, the risk, the risk list, and then bring that risk list to the upper management, and the upper management most likely will say, "Hey, delete that document." So, what can we suggest? Yeah, How- yeah but, but but let me but the <laughs> first, uh, let me just expand Yegor this, this concept. Risk management, the list is just one component of the risk management process, and and honestly speaking, it, it's not a big component. 
Let me explain. When you, when you think about risk management, the first one you, that you need to do, even before creating risk and uh, a risk list or, or whatever, it's to understand what do we want with a risk management process? Which are the level of tolerance? Which kind of challenges the organization identify as a risk? So which are the thresholds? So, for example, a risk that produces an impact of 100,000 uh, US dollars. Is it a big risk? It depends. For some organizations, this is a massive risk. For others, for example, when you are in a multi-billion dollar project, this may not be a, a super high a priority risk. So you need first to understand this. Mm -hmm. Second one, you need to understand how the risk management process will take place. So who will be the risk owner? Who will be responsible for managing the risk? For example, when you create a, a, a list of risks, who will manage that, that list? And who will create actions on that list? Actions, I'm saying, for example, if you identify a risk you cannot accept, mm -hmm. what will you do and who is accountable for doing that? So it's a much more broader. It's something that you don't do alone uh, uh, between you and your spreadsheet. No, no, it's a group exercise. So if, you're, or, uh, if you are in a project, you need to engage the project manager. You need to engage the sponsor of the project, the executive sponsoring the project. You need to uh, uh, integrate, for example, potentially the client of that project, some suppliers of the project. So it's a group exercise. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that I made a mistake in my case that I just created a risk list when nobody knew about that and I just brought that list to the manager and then he said, wow, don't show it to me. Yeah, yeah, but, but what you did was extremely uh, uh, efficient to increase awareness. Uh -huh. But on the project management, so you, you will do it, uh, it's like different, you will do this, oh, we created a team and with this team, we raise it 40 different potential risks. And then we analyze the probability, the impact, the proximity, the time horizon of this risk. And we identify that among these 40 risks, five of them, we need to act on. We need to make a decision on these five risks. We cannot just accept them. And which will be the decision, boss? Mm -hmm. So th this is, is like different, but what you, you did, was a great uh, step of awareness. And unfortunately, for some reason, uh, this war awareness was not uh, found by, by your counterpart that received the document. Yeah, he didn't like it at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, he liked the document, but he said, look, don't do it. So it looks like, according to your words, now I understand my mistake. So I didn't prepare the environment. I didn't, prepare, I didn't do it as a group activity. I didn't get the buy-in from my top management for that activity. I just showed them the potential problems and that's why he said, okay, don't show them to me because he wasn't prepared. He didn't know that we're gonna do risk management starting tomorrow. Absolutely, and, and you could have done, if I can give you a quick advice, you, sure. you could have done something like that. Look, I'm not doing risk management here, but I did just a brainstorming just to highlight to you the kind of challenges we may face. And I came up with this list of 40 items we should discuss and not as a risk management approach and say, I suggest that we do something related to risk management together. And then it, it may change his or her perception on that. Mm -hmm. Remember, it depends on who you were talking to, okay? Well, I realize now that I was talking to a person who was highly scared about his own position in the company. So that's Oh why yeah, oh okay. Then 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 it's a whole new remember, it's 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 one very uh, what I would say to you and to the listeners is not the best thing to, to hear. But you know, people are self are motivated on self-interest. So every time you want people to change you need to appeal to their own interest. It, it's sad, I will say, you will say, oh, Ricardo, but this is so sad. Yeah, but it's life. People are motivated. So if I'm afraid of losing my job and you give me something that 
uh, I may look even worse. Yeah. Of course, I will not buy it. I I'm saying it's natural human behavior of self-protection. Yeah, and that's 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 what I'm. That's what I worry about. That this whole risk management activities actually nature, like you're saying, uh, scare people away because for many of them that mean that their positions will be more shaky and less stable because yeah. all of a sudden everybody suddenly know that look we may I mean something may go wrong in this department and that department so it's their positions getting shaky because of that. Right? Yeah, look, I, I cannot, I, I agree <laughs> completely. Uh, but, but what people need to understand that it, it's not, it's not just that, you know, it not, this is one component, this is one component, but if you don't deliver because you don't manage the, the, the project well, you don't manage the risks well, you suffer the same way. Even There's worse. No you are just, you are just, uh, I'm saying lying to yourself because at the end, the price will come. Mm -hmm. That's true. Absolutely. I'm on your side. I'm just trying to be. Because look, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get uh, in touch with, with, you know, with, um, with the listeners because I know the pain. I know the pain. I know the pain and I feel the pain almost the same way. So this is why I'm, I'm telling that. What, yeah, absolutely. What I've also heard about that problem is that people are saying about this risk management is that they're saying, look, when you make the risk obvious, when you document it and say that this hardware may crash, your kind of the management will see that, that documentation as an excuse you're making, like you're preparing for the failure. You're saying, look, I told you a month ago that something may go wrong. Now, actually, the hardware crashed, but I told you, so it's not my fault. So, and that's why management is trying to always push back and say, oh, no, 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 don't document that. Fix that. We don't need to know what may go wrong. Just fix it. You see, that's that kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah, but, but of course, but uh, you, you, can, you can reply to, to, to those who said this and say, fix that. But many times you are not able to fix it, fix it alone. You need help. Did you get? You need other people helping you to fix that because you are not let, let's suppose that one risk involves procurement and, and maybe you you are not able to do that mm -hmm. you know it's not you are not able it's not it's not your business mm -hmm. you don't have authority empowerment to do that yeah that's right so yeah it sounds like together with the risk we have to present like fallback plans and the cost of that plans right and say we yeah, can and cost and, and who is accountable for that uh-huh and who is accountable because many times you identify a risk and this risk is an executive risk it's not a risk it's not a risk that you are able to manage and solve mm -hmm. you know it's it's above and beyond your work yeah that's right and do you think this risk management is uh, necessary in all sizes of organizations? Because sometimes people are telling me like, look, our company is like four people here, four programmers and one manager. We don't need any risk management. We know everything. We are like, we're self-managing ourselves. We don't need any, this identification of risks, quantitative, qualitative analysis, all that stuff. It's for big companies, not for us. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I think that every single one benefits from a proper risk management, of course. We need to provide a solution that has the size of the problem. Well, let's suppose that you have a small team, a small project, not very complex. You will not put a complete complex risk management approach to manage that because then it does not make sense. But you need to have at least a risk awareness on everything you do. Even if you, let's suppose you, you were planning your next holiday trip, Mm -hmm. it's, it's very nice if you could stop five minutes and think about the risks. Think about the risks. There is no damage on that. Of course, you will not create a process that is complex, cumbersome to do that because it doesn't make sense again. So you need just to understand that. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like this risk management also costs money, right? Um, it co everything costs, costs money because when you, when you put time when you put effort on something, it costs you. You know, it, I'm not saying it costs you 
uh, uh, money in terms of paying someone, but every time you spend time doing something, in the current times, you are not spending in other things, and need, and this is money at the end. Mm -hmm. So, so you're saying that no matter how big, like you said, maybe I'm just travel, I'm just planning my travel, I'm still doing risk management. So, no matter how big or small is the team. Oh no! Every, every, every. Let me repeat: every single uh, human activity that handles innovation, that handles changing something is subject to a risk management. It doesn't matter if it's your, uh, you constructing your new house, planning your new holiday, mm -hmm. it will. There is no way. <laughs> so why people are not doing that then? If it's so obvious, it's obvious for me, it's, it's obvious for it, you. First, it's because it, it's, again, it's human nature. We don't, we don't like to see, uh, we, we hate, things that are not fully predictable. We love plan things and things happen based on our plan. This is how we were educated. Now it's changing, okay? Mm -hmm. but, but we are not educated to this uh, unstable environment. We are educated to do things as planet. If you go back to your studies and what you learn at the university, most of the time, you learn the physics and all the calculations around physics and they, and they have a lot of constraints. Do you remember when you plan in perfect conditions, but in real world, there is no perfect conditions, right? Mm -hmm. So most of that formulas are just simplifications of what reality is. And this is how we were educated. Even for me, I work with this all the time. And even for me, sometimes, I say, oh God, I need to identify risks. And then you feel the pain because it's, it's not easy. You know, it's, it's not something that makes people comfortable. Mm -hmm. sounds, sounds right. Uh, what do you think, whether the risk management and all the documentation of risk management should be visible to entire team or it's only for the management? Yeah, no, I think it should be, I am, a, this is a matter of preference. I am a very open, uh, uh, leader okay so for me everybody because then you have commitment to everybody to solve the problem of course maybe there is a risk that is more sensitive and this one you may decide for example if it's a human related risk for example if it's a relationship risk then maybe you will not make it completely public but all the other uh, risks uh, there is no damage of making them public because uh, you will have much more support by doing that. And I love, uh, this is also a preferred uh, way of operating. I love uh, honest and open communication, okay? You know, I was speaking at one conference about project management. I said exactly the same thing, like, like you just said, that everything should be open and that will only help people to be more motivated. Everything you just said. And somebody from the room uh, stood up and said, you know, you're, not, you're wrong because if, for example, we have financial risks or the risk of losing a budget or the risk of losing the future in our company, if we let other, the entire team know about that risks, even though they're not really uh, happening now, they're just potential risks, they will just start finding new jobs tomorrow and they will quit. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I understand that. But, uh, but again, again, so as a responsible leader, what do you want? Do you want to hide them and hold them up to the end and then everybody is fired and then you create a massive crisis of, of trust in your team? So, you know, it's a, it's a management style. And this, of course, uh, this podcast is global. So for me, for example, I prefer much more an open conversation saying, this is the project. We have this risk. And this is why we need to be very careful because... If this project spends more than what we expect, we may go to bankruptcy and this will be bad for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm just saying this is a management style. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly what I answered as well on the conference. I said like, I'm for it, but if you have to like, because of your business situation, you have to keep people in the dark then maybe you do that, but I'm against that. That's yeah, I'm, I'm against, and, and, but the second, when I say public, please let me be clear. I'm not saying public to everybody uh, outside the, the project. I'm saying public to those 
who are on, on the team doing that. I'm not saying that my competitor will see the risks, of course. This is obviously not. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go further. The next question, how about clients? So let's say we have a client who is paying us money and we are a group of programmers doing some software for this client because most of my listeners are from software industry and the client, you know, sponsors the project, gives us the budget. And then all of a sudden in a few weeks or months, we show that customer a full list of risks, which so which say this may go wrong, that might go wrong and all that analysis and everything. Most software teams, if I, if we offer, if when I offer them to do that, they say, no, no way. We're not going to disclose that to our customers because that will create a huge, you know, a huge yeah. problem. Yeah, my, my, my suggestion is that you don't do that and show to the client two months later. I'm saying uh, uh, that you should build this, build, uh, 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 build this uh, together with them, together with them. And, and of course, I'm not saying client, let's, uh, let's identify and manage the risks that are common to we both. To Weibo. Of course, the client should not be engaged in risks that are internal risks, that, that are, are pointless for, for the client. But those who are related to the client, you must do and you must disclose. Uh -huh. Even must. So you think it's a professional responsibility? Oh, must. Of course, because let's suppose that, for example, you need that the client approves something because if the client delays this approval, you delay your timeline. The client must know this risk clearly, clearly. It must be clear for, for, for them. Mm -hmm. But let's say I'll give you a real example. We had that problem a few years ago. It was a team of developers and we knew, well, it was a risk, but with really high probability that uh, a few programmers, two people, that they were planning to quit the company and go to another project. So it was a risk because they were like one of the, they were the senior programmers, they were important for the project and all that. So that was a question, like, should we inform the client about it and say like these two guys, most probably, it's not for sure, but most probably in like a month will quit us. So now we're trying to find a replacement of better people. So should we let the client know or we just let him know in a month when it happens? So maybe it never happens. So what, what's the point of bothering him and just, you know, making, playing on his nerves while this may never happen. Yeah, I, I, this is a very sensitive, uh, sensitive thing. For, for example, I don't have a, a, a right answer for that, uh, but um, uh, you may put this as a, as a trigger in your risk register without being very clear. You can be some key members of the team may leave the organization, creating disruption on the work and also requiring immediate action from, from the client side and, and, the, and, the, and the company side to, to manage that. But you don't need to say that it's John or that is uh, Anna that, that will potentially leave. Uh -huh. So it's kind of a, like psychological game you have to play, yes. right? Yes. Oh, for sure. Uh -huh. Oh, for because sure. People, people are people, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. People are people always. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And uh, do you think we need to, uh, that's also a problem I had before, do we need to educate our clients about risk management? Like, like some of them don't know what we're talking about. Like, you know what is risk management. I know what is, because we, we studied that. But some of the clients, they're like completely from a different uh, business territory and they they used to do something different things and that's why they don't know what we are talking about for them even the word risk is risky they don't want to hear that word they want to hear the word success and delivery and you know uh, results and everything like that but not risk so do we need to educate them and, and and maybe give them this podcast to listen and maybe give them some literature some articles or it's yeah, I think I, this goes back to what I said on the first process the first process is plan your risk management process. And the key component of this planning process is the education on risk management. Mm -hmm. You need to educate people to understand what we are talking about when we say risk management. This is the difference that we need to, to understand because some people know, but most of the people do not know exactly what is the intention. Oh, are you doing risk management to avoid risks? No. 
We are doing risk management to manage better this instability. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, oh, I totally agree. I was just, I was want, I wanted yeah. to confirm that that's what you think. Yeah. And um, there's more, a few more practical questions. Um, again, maybe you will say again, it depends on the situation, but um, how frequently an average size team has to go back to re-identification re of risks? Because I'll explain my question, because people find it painful to yeah. talk about risks. I have, I have an answer that is based on my, my own experience. Yeah, please. You take the length of your project, okay? Mm -hmm. Divided this length by 10. Mm -hmm. If the number resulting of this division is less than a day, then you should do every day. If this is a division is more than a month, then you do every month. Let me, let me be very uh, didactical here. Let's suppose that you have a quick project. The project is only five days, very quick. You divide five by 10. This means half a day, right? Mm -hmm. So you should not never do half a day uh, meetings. Uh, so every half a day, twice a day. So you do once a day. So it means you will do a meeting every 10% of the project. Mm -hmm. But you should never do more than one a day or less than one a month. So let's suppose, let's take an, a, a, an average a project. Okay, six months. Okay, six right. months. 180 days divided by 10. This is 18 days. So mm -hmm. then you can do every other week. So mm -hmm. twice a month. So you do on the beginning of the month, middle of the month, beginning of the month, middle of the month. So this is a good math that I use every 10%. So if my project is one year, so uh, 360 days divided by 10, 36 days, then it's more than a month. So I will do monthly. Every beginning of the month, I will do a, a risk review. Mm -hmm. And this risk review, this risk identification sessions, they must involve everybody from the project or just managers? Every, everybody that not, I'm not saying from the project, but everybody that, uh, that can exercise influence over the risk, means that can, can reduce or, or increase impact that can reduce and increase probability. And one thing, every time you review, you are not only identifying risk. Remember that risk you need to identify, you need to analyze, and you need to propose action and implement actions. So it's not just identification list. You need to identify, you need to analyze what's the probability, what's the impact, and what is the proximity means it's a risk that may happen quickly or it's a risk that may happen in a year from now. And you need to propose actions. Without that, you cannot close this loop. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you like start to consult companies and they don't do risk management and you tell them to start doing that, uh, they immediately jump into the cycle and they, they become successful or it's a, it's a long process? It's, it's a long process. So let, let me tell you, in a good organization that has interest, willingness, and desire to make it happen, it will take at least, okay, at least in a very positive way, one and a half years to two years to have a more maturity on that. Wow. So it's not, not a one month change. No, not at all. Nothing in life is a one-month trend. <laughs> and uh, maybe when you talk about uh, human behavior, then it's zero. There is no way. Okay. And what are the key problems? Why it takes one and a half years? What do you? Oh, your experience? It's because it's because it's. it's they forget or what? They do. It, it first, it's a mindset. Second, you need to become comfortable. It's a change management process and mostly on the human side. So people need to change the behavior on how they see things. Instead of keeping all the things in, 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 in their mind, 
So they open, you open that to new possibilities. You open that to analyze better, to create a better documentation of, of your project, you know, to, to understand better, to remove things from your mind to the paper. And a lot of people think that this may be a massive risk for them because what keeps me on this job is what I know in my head. So, exactly. so this is a big thing. Yeah. And have you seen people uh, leaving because of that, like quitting the, the company? Uh, not because of the risk management process, but because of risks that came to reality and they have not planned it? Yes, many times. Ah, you see. So they were hiding that and everything was comfortable. Nobody, nobody worried about that. And then all of a sudden it became open and people... And then uh, it, usually one becomes open. Let me tell you, every time you hide a risk and the risks become open, yeah. then, then it will never become open uh, slowly. It will never become open. Uh, you know, in a, in a simple way. When it becomes uh, open, it's a tragedy. <laughs> right. You really have seen that, like you're speaking out of experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now we are suggesting people to go through that tragedy, right? Yeah. Yeah, so because, because when, you know, when you hide things and they become uh, uh, big, they become big uh, uh, and they create such a dramatic damage, you know, that nobody can afford. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. Well, but people are like prefer to, to stay in the dark and not think about the bad, yeah. potentially bad outcomes, I think, right? That's what we found out. Okay, well, sounds like a, a good set of recommendations for them. Well, I, we, we, didn't get, we, didn't, we didn't discuss any recommendations. So what would you recommend like people who are listening to us right now and who are project managers? Yeah, I, I recommend strongly that the first step is to create an awareness that risks should be managed, that all these events, that if they happen, can create a positive or negative impact uh, in the project. They must manage. And the organization need to understand which are the thresholds that they need to have in place, which kind of support, which kind of mindset do they need to have in place to a successful implementation. And this for me is the key. If you can manage this key, everything else becomes easy. Mm -hmm. And what if, the, what if the, the upper management doesn't support you in this initiative? Okay, then, then, then you have a big problem. Then you have a big problem. Because everything starts on that. So you, you, must, you must try to convince uh, your upper management using facts, using data. There is a lot of things that you can use to convince upper manage to, to manage better the risks. If this does not happen, okay, uh, please be aware that the chances that your project will face unprecedented challenges during execution is evident. And, and in a personal reason, if you are a competent and serious project management manager, you should try to look for another job. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, Sorry for being so direct, you know, but, but you know, if your company does not care about the risks on the projects you are doing, you know, you are the only one and you have no empowerment. It means this is not the right company to work with you. Mm -hmm. Well, sounds harsh, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But look, uh, uh, let me explain to you. Based on my previous uh, experience and my, and my life story, life is hard. So if we do not take it serious, seriously, things, you know, failure, it's much more easily archivable than success. <laughs> yeah. Things go bad. You don't need to do too much 
you know, to, to go back. So management is a, a the management of risks and trying to understand is, is a reaction to avoid this kind of complexity to come into the table. Mm -hmm. Do you use, do you recommend to use any software for risk management? Any oh, it depends. Yes. Yes. I use, of course, when you were talking about simple risk management process and this, of course, most of the people use a normal spreadsheet, you know, with, with this most of the time when you are doing qualitative risk analysis. But when you go a little bit deeper and you have a more mature, then you start using some quantitative risk analysis. Mm -hmm. And then there are so many very, very uh, nice, uh, nice uh, tools. Like, for example, one tool from Palisade called At Risk Palisade. At risk. Another tool that uh, is is called uh, Primavera Risk Analysis that is extremely competent, extremely powerful to calculate different branches. But these are are for much more robust uh, environments. Okay, so you use at risk. You use uh, this risk. Uh, uh, Primavera Risk Analysis that is very powerful. You can use AHP software. Uh, analytic uh, hierarchic process, AHP. So you use softwares like Transparent Choice, Expert Choice to help you to find better solutions to implement risk response. But all of this are, are for, uh, uh, let's say, more advanced risk management practices. So for organizations that already identify that. And, and in my environment, most of the time when I'm working with capital projects, this becomes super relevant. But for a small group of like 15 programmers, I think just a Google spreadsheet will be more than enough. Oh, a Google spreadsheet, uh, it's more than enough. Look, if you have nothing, <laughs> I, I want to, 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 to take a, 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 a phrase, a quote from Alvin Toffler. He said that uh, uh, if you don't know where to go, any direction even an an imperfect map is better than no map. Mm -hmm. So if you have nothing, just a spreadsheet with the name of the risk, the probability, the impact, and who will take care of it. It's an excellent starting point. Mm -hmm. Okay, sounds, sounds really interesting, actually. I, I agree with everything you said, but I think some of our listeners may not agree, may definitely learn something new. So I would just, I think you would also recommend them to go for risk management for sure, no matter how big or small they are, right? Yes, for sure. And look, it, 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 the, the reason I love podcasts and I love it, it's, it's not a prescriptive recommendation. So if people disagree, it's wonderful to, to hear their comments and, and other approaches because I think that we can, we can benefit dramatically uh, uh, through the power of, of the social media and the society because maybe someone did something different and, and got a very successful result. I would love to hear from them too. Yeah, yeah maybe in the future. Okay, yeah. thanks, thanks for joining us. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. It was a real pleasure talking to you and I hope you found this uh, useful and thanks also for, for uh, uh, I know you're, you're persistent on, on getting this on this on this podcast. So I'm very happy that we could make it work. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.